We were made to be courageous. We were made to lead the way. We could be the generation that finally breaks the chains. We were made to be courageous. We were made to be courageous. We were warriors on the front lines, standing unafraid. But now we're watchers on the sidelines while our families slip away. Where are you, men of courage? You were made for so much more.
And now as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, we'll be finishing uh, the reading of the book of James here today. Our reading comes from the book of James, chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. James proclaims the worthlessness of riches, not the worthlessness of the rich. Today's money will be worthless when Christ returns, so we should spend our time accumulating the kind of treasures that will be worthwhile in God's eternal kingdom. See, money is not the problem. Christian leaders need money to live and to support their families. Missionaries need money to help them spread the good news. Churches need money to do their work effectively. It's the love of money that leads to evil and causes some people to oppress others in order to get more. This is a warning to all Christians who are tempted to adopt worldly standards rather than God's standards, as well as an encouragement to all those who are oppressed by the rich. We'll read here in the book of James today about innocent people. This refers to defenseless persons, probably poor laborers. Poor people who could not pay their debts were thrown into prison or forced to sell all their possessions. At times, they were even forced to sell their family members into slavery. With no opportunity to work off their debts, poor people often died of starvation. God called this murder. Hoarding money, exploiting employees, and living self-indulgently will not escape God's notice. We'll read about the farmer here today. The farmer must wait patiently for his crops to grow. He cannot hurry the process. But he does not take the summer off and hope that all goes well in the fields. There is much work to do to ensure a good harvest. In the same way, we must wait patiently for Christ's return. We cannot make Him come back any sooner. But while we wait, there is much work that we can do to advance God's kingdom. Both the farmer and the Christian must live by faith looking toward the future reward for their labors. Don't live as if Christ will never come. Work faithfully to build His kingdom. The King will come when the time is right. Now, when things go wrong, you know, we tend to grumble against and blame others for our miseries. Blaming others is easier than owning our share of the responsibility. But it can be both destructive and sinful. Before you judge others for their shortcomings, remember that Christ the Judge will come to evaluate each of us. He will not let us get away with shifting the blame to others. Now many prophets suffered and were persecuted, like Moses, Elijah, and Jeremiah. A person with a reputation for exaggeration or lying often can't get anyone to believe him on his word alone. Christians should never become like that. Always be honest so that others will believe your simple yes or no. By avoiding lies, half-truths, and omissions of the truth, you will become known as a trustworthy person. As we finish our reading of the book of James today, here in the New Testament. November 21st, the New Testament, James chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. Look here, you rich people. Weep and groan with anguish because of all the terrible troubles ahead of you. Your wealth is rotting away, and your fine clothes are moth-eaten rags. Your gold and silver have become worthless. The very wealth you were counting on will eat away your flesh like fire. This treasure you have accumulated will stand as evidence against you on the day of judgment. For listen, hear the cries of the field workers whom you have cheated of their pay. The wages you held back cry out against you. The cries of those who harvest your fields have reached the ears of the Lord of heaven's armies. 
You have spent your years on earth in luxury, satisfying your every desire. You have fattened yourselves for the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed innocent people who do not resist you. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. But most of all, my brothers and sisters, never take an oath by heaven or earth or anything else. Just say a simple yes or no, so that you will not sin and be condemned. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other, and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Psalm 119, verses 1 through 16. This is both the longest psalm and the longest chapter in the Bible. It may have been written by Ezra after the temple was rebuilt as a repetitive meditation on the beauty of God's Word and how it helps us stay pure and grow in faith. Psalm 119 has 22 carefully constructed sections, each corresponding to a different letter in the Hebrew alphabet and each verse beginning with the letter of its section. Almost every verse mentions God's Word. Such repetition was common in the Hebrew culture. People did not have personal copies of the Scriptures to read as we do, so God's people memorized His Word and passed it along orally. The structure of this psalm allowed for easy memorization. Remember, God's Word, the Bible, is the only sure guide for living a pure life. You know, we're drowning in a sea of sexual images and sinful attractions. Everywhere we look, we find temptation to fill our minds with thoughts of sexual relationships that God wouldn't approve of. The writer asks a question that troubles us all. How do we stay pure in a contaminating environment? Well, we cannot do this on our own, but uh, must have counsel and strength more dynamic than the attempting influence around us. Where can we find that strength and wisdom? Well, by reading God's Word and doing what it says and being in relationship with godly people. 
Hiding, keeping God's Word in our hearts, is a deterrent to sin. This alone should inspire us to memorize Scripture. But memorization alone will not keep us from sin. We must also put God's Word to work in our lives, making it a vital guide for everything we do. Now, most of us chafe under rules, or we think they restrict us from doing what we want. At first glance, it may seem strange to hear the writer talk of rejoicing in following God's laws as much as in having great riches. But God's laws were given to free us to be all He wants us to be. They restrict us from doing what might cripple us and keep us from being our best. God's guidelines help us follow His path and avoid paths that lead to destruction. Psalm 119, verses 1 through 16. Aleph. Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey His laws and search for Him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in His paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. Baith. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. Proverbs chapter 28, verses 6 and 7. Better to be poor and honest than to be dishonest and rich. Young people who obey the law are wise. Those with wild friends bring shame to their parents. Unclear moments, you were the one. 